Hello girls, welcome to our new podcast of the week. My name is Holly Wright and I am the founder of Her and I have Maddie with us again today. Say hi Maddie. Hi Maddie. (laughs) (laughs) So today's podcast we are going to do questions and answers to those of you who have followed us on Instagram saw me post earlier this week how we wanted you to DM us questions you had um, about life, relationships, family, Christianity, anything really. And we had you DM us some questions, and we were going to give you our answers on today's show. So today's podcast is Q&A. So we have about 15 questions from some amazing girls on Instagram who reached out this week and last week. And we are just going to kind of share, I guess, our answers and just know from our heart that these are, you know, things from our heart. So whether you agree or don't agree with the answers, it's totally fine. These are just what we kind of came up with. Um, But our first question, someone DM'd us in their question. I guess, Maddie, you can answer this one. The first question, girls, is how do I know what God's will is? And how do I know if I'm called to ministry? That's a great question. Yeah, it is. What do you think, Maddie? Um, I mean, that's deep. So I would say, um, how do you know what God's will is? A really good way to determine that is um, basically, are you like being obedient? I think is a really important thing. I think I think people think like, oh, God's will is gonna like lay out this huge plan for me, like, and it's gonna be a step by step process that I need to follow. But I think it's more of just daily walking in obedience to the things that you already know for sure that he has called you to. Um, And those are like biblical principles of obedience, just the ones that are really clearly laid out. And if you're kind of doing those daily um, and walking in obedience and relationship with God, then his will for your life will become more evident in an unfolding process. Mm -hmm. Um, Like more, he'll give you pieces. I don't think that God ever really gives us the whole map from start to finish on like necessarily what he has for us um and that's a beautiful part about being a relationship and in relationship with the lord is the discovery um and then also how do i know if i'm called to ministry um as believers i personally believe and i think you agree that Mm -hmm. we're all called to ministry um in our own ways um as far as i think this question may be referring to am i called to like have do like a life of ministry like work in the church um and I think a good way to find that out is to start volunteering at church Mm -hmm. and um, start putting time into it and seeing um you know getting involved in a ministry and then seeing if this is something that I just want to keep as a volunteer basis or this is something that I would want would want to pursue ministry um, as more of a full-time thing so that's good yeah I definitely agree with that too because we're all called to minister here on earth, you know? Mm-hmm. And some people are called to the church. Some people are called to, the, called to the marketplace. But either way, like, regardless of it being called ministry, you're called to, like, love people wherever you go. Yeah, and be an example of Christ. Question number two. All right. So it says, <clears throat> what's wrong with rock, country, CMM, CCM, jazz music? How can you tell what music is good and what is bad? Okay, so <clears throat> I, this is a question that's actually like really good for me because I, I think the past week I've been, um, I think, okay, so music, I, 
I believe that music is art, <clears throat> so there's different types of music. Now, it's totally up to you what you want to allow filter in your heart, in your mind, what you listen to every single day. So for me, like I grew up in the South, so I love country music. <clears throat> so do I listen to country mu- secular country music in the car? Yes, every single day. I love it. Does it affect my actions and does it change who I am? No. Now, do I listen to worship music all the time? Yes, because that kind of music like affects me, makes my day better. Um, God gives me words through, you know, listening to worship music. There's different types of music out there, but I think the answer from my perspective would be, honestly, like it depends on the person because <clears throat> one thing my mom always told me growing up, like she was like, Holly, you know, you can watch rated G movie, rated R movie, like all these movies, but each movie is rated differently and they're going to affect you differently. So I think this is more a personal answer for you. Like if you listen to hardcore rap music with a ton of curse words and you see that it affects you and you start using foul language every day, then maybe you shouldn't listen to that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Like Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, for me, I love all kinds of music. I grew up in the hood, so yeah, I like some rap. And also I'm from the country, so yeah, I like some country. But there is certain music I don't listen to because I know it affects me. Mm -hmm. So I love music, any type, but there is certain types just for me, for just, you know, my sake, my heart, my mind, there's certain music that I stay away from because I know it affects me. So if I listen to hardcore rap music with tons of curse words, Guess what? The next day I can tell that like I'm using foul language and I know that that music affected me, but that's how I work. Like mm-hmm. that's how Holly works. And you know, each person works differently and music hits home for different girls in a different kind of way. So I feel like for this one, <clears throat> you have to examine yourself, your heart and your mind and what what you allow in, like does it affect you? Like if you're listening to country music and you're the same person and it's not making you a worse person, go for it. Listen to country music. But if you find yourself, excuse me, listening to, you know, other, I guess, music that's more negative and you see that it changes you in a way, then maybe stay away from that kind of stuff. It's same thing with movies. Like, if you're going to watch movies with bad scenes in it that affects you to think things and do things, then it's probably not a good idea to watch it. But I think for this one, all music is art. And I think you just have to be the judgment of your mind, heart and figure out like what's good for you what's not does that make sense yeah and I think there is wisdom in saying yeah for sure in that um that music does affect us I think that oftentimes it's really easy for us to to deny that music does affect us Mm -hmm. it does have a pull on us um but I think that obviously the girl that is asking this question is already having um, yeah like thoughts having the conversation with herself you know about like how can I tell what music is good and bad? And that's like a first step. And that's really um, like, that's really admirable that she's asking this kind of a question because it obviously shows that she has some kind of conviction about, is this something that yeah. she be listening to? So to the girl who wrote this, your other question was, how can you tell what music is good and what is bad? Kind of like to what Mimic with Maddie said, you kind of just, I mean, you're already asking us the question <clears throat> so that maybe your first step right there like hey you already noticed that you know it's something maybe you may not be should should do in but yeah just use wisdom when it comes to music um and you can also you can also experiment like start limiting your exposure you know yeah like, like start listening to it a little bit less and maybe put a little bit more of um something like 
Christian music or folk music that doesn't have the same, I guess, underlying messages in it and just see how you feel like in your spirit and in your heart. Um, and if you feel like, you know, I feel better about this, then you just know that you need to limit the exposure a little bit more to it. Or you may get a conviction where for you, it just feels like, you know what, I have to a hundred percent cut this out because when I do listen to a little bit of this kind of music, Mm -hmm. it's all I want to listen to. So it's really about just listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. For sure. Okay, so third question for you, Maddie. <clears throat> what do you do if your parents or siblings who are living um, the wrong way? So I'm guessing this girl is living with her parents and siblings, and maybe she's plugged into church, but her parents aren't. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Obviously, she has to submit to authority. Those are her parents. But she's wondering, what do you do or how do you live with people who are you know not plugged into church like you are yeah I mean as much as it feels like a lot of pressure you are the light in that home you know Mm -hmm. um and unfortunately there are circumstances where it is the you know the child and the family that is the believer and is the light for Christ and um they don't have the opportunity to live in a situation where the parents or the older siblings are the one that Um, are kind of leading them in Christ, but that's where it's important to be involved in church and have that community around you um, elsewhere. Because if you think about it, you're kind of now going to do the opposite thing where some people, they really get that, um, that community and that building up and that um, Christian like influence inside their home. And then they're sent out um, into ministry in their everyday life. Um, And it's kind of going to be the opposite for you where you're going to have to Um, get that community and that influence and all of that like from church and from really solid relationships and from maybe finding like um, mentorships like um, finding a friend who has a mom and dad that are Christians and spending a little bit of time with their family um, and then being sent back into your home as the place of ministry where um, you're kind of being the example to them of what it means to follow Christ Um, And that seems a little daunting, I bet, Um, but I would say do what, keep doing what you're doing, stay plugged in, stay in church, um, and also find people that are a little bit older than you and more mature in faith Mm -hmm. to pour into as well, not just people your age that are Christians, but people that are older that can pour into you um, in kind of a pseudo parental role because we are the body of Christ like we do have a family within the body of Christ and so um I've had people like that in my life where you know they weren't necessarily my family but I felt like they were like spiritual parents Mm -hmm. to me because of the relationship we built through church so that's a good answer that one's a hard question Mm -hmm. okay so next one for me number four number four how do you take a stand with your friends and what do you do when you have a friend that is becoming rebellious Ooh, that's a great one. These are really good questions. I know. So I, um, first question, how do you take a stand? With your friends. With your friends or for your friends. Um, I think with your friends. Is it with your friends? Yeah, with your friends. Like, I think it looks like, what do you do when you have a friend that is becoming rebellious? So it sounds like maybe she has a situation where kind of like in the last question, she is the 
Christian one possibly mm-hmm. or the one that is and like her friends like making bad decisions her friends and maybe she feels like the minority in her group of the one the one I would say number one do not throw her away or isolate her mm-hmm. um I've learned that through middle school and high school and even college like um I was always like the black IP I guess you would say like southern way or the oddball in the group like I was always the girl making sure <clears throat> all my friends stayed good or the Dee Dee or just whatever like I had a couple good friends but like most of my girlfriends were a little wild so <clears throat> I feel like this question kind of relates to but I feel like one don't isolate and don't throw her away two you have to love her no matter what and maybe um I would say like sit her down and tell her that you first and foremost, when you sit and you correct someone, always tell them that you believe in them and you love them first. Yeah, appeal to them. Yes, appeal to them first. Always encourage them, tell them you love them, you're there for them, and then kind of drop the ball like, hey, um, whatever situation she's going through, whether it's partying, drinking, sleeping around, you know, whatever her rebellious stage is, um, tell her it's wrong, be honest with her. And then um, thirdly, like just love her through it. Because um, the way you love people and the way your actions are really do make someone change for better. Um, So I would say just, yeah, you can pray for her, which I feel like that's the right Christian way to say. But at the same time, like as she's being rebellious, be there for her and love on her and tell her that it's, you know, wrong. But don't like isolate her and throw her away. Um, cause that will make it worse, but also like surround, maybe encourage her and, you know, text her or make sure she's good or, um, surround her with more of your friends, like godly friends or invite her to church. Yeah. Um, one thing I love to do is send girls verses or not kind of like throw the Bible down their throat, but also like encourage them like, Hey, I see this light in you. Like I see where you could be, where you could go. And encouraging them that because if you just point the finger and show them all the horrible things they're doing, that's they're going to start to think like either one, they're going to go even more rebellious or two, they're going to um, think like they're not good enough or they have nothing good in them. So if you spot the light in them and really bring that to light, um, that can change everything too. Um, but friendships is really, that's a strong um way of becoming your identity is just who you hang out with and who you surround yourself with so if this question is based off of a girl that's already been in your life for a really long time and she's starting to become rebellious yes love on her be the light for her do whatever you can to um catch her or you know um if this isn't that kind of question if it's like you see you know new friends who are rebellious maybe you should just question who you should surround yourself with Mm -hmm. you know because I truly believe even the bible says like who you surround yourself with you shortly become just like them but don't isolate that person be there for them love on them but also even though they're going through craziness right now there's always a root from everything of why they do what they do absolutely so bring out the light in them in them find something that you know you see in them and uproot that rather than focusing on the horrible things they're doing right now Right, and a really practical term on that is that like your your approach is really important. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, if you come with a posture of questions and a po- like like I'm concerned, so yeah. so not like hey I love you but you're doing these things and wrong. I think they're wrong. Maybe look at them and say you know hey I love you and I've just noticed that lately 
you've been doing XYZ and I was just wondering like, you know, what's going on? Has something changed for you? That's not something that I've typically seen you do before. Like, is there something that you want to talk about? Is there something underlying? Like oftentimes, um, coming with questions, like doesn't put them as much on the defense and it really shows your heart in that conversation is to care for them. Um, and then hopefully the conversation will go a little bit better instead of becoming a standoff where they feel like judged or unloved. Yeah, that's good. Question number five, Maddie, how do you separate, um, from bad friends without hurting them or making them think you are stuck up? How can I be a witness to my friends and still be accepted? How do you separate bad friends without hurting them? So basically, this girl seems like kind of almost the question number mm-hmm. four. Like she okay. has these really good friends, but th- she also knows that they're worldly friends, mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to like ditch them to act like she's better than them. Meaning, like stuck up. Yeah. How um, can you be a witness to your friends and still like hang out with them and be accepted by them? So the first part of how can you separate from friends that are maybe a bad influence without hurting them or making them think that you're kind of holier than thou, um, I think a good way is to start surrounding yourself with the people that you do feel like are a good influence for you. Um, And you can always invite the other girls to come with you. Um, And then you still have this whole thing of inclusion because ultimately like you cannot control what another person does or says or thinks about you. Um, the only thing that you can do is control your actions. So if you start hanging around with other people, um, but you're continually inviting these girls, you know, they can get upset about it, but they can't ever say like, Oh, she's stuck up because you had this thing, this posture of like, I invited you guys, please come. Like, I would love to have you there. Mm -hmm. Like you have this really like open, welcoming, receptive heart. Um, and so it's not necessarily that you're ditching them and saying like, I don't want to hang out with you guys anymore. And I found people that are better influences. It's just like, Oh, you know, I started going to church recently and I like really love it. And I'm going on this day. Would you guys like to come? And if they say no, then that's fine. But you're just making a choice to do something different. And you don't, don't necessarily need to explain why, like they don't need to know that you're doing that because you're trying to get out of a situation where you feel like you're around people that are kind of a bad influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, how can I be a witness to, the friends. to my friends yeah. and still be accepted? Um, I think the best witness is just being loving. Um, you may not necessarily be accepted when you start making some changes in your lives. And that's maybe a good thing. That's just kind of naturally the way things go sometimes. And maybe that's actually a blessing in disguise. Um, because it does seem like these kinds of friends are maybe not the ones that you want to spend a whole lot of time around. So if naturally that relationship kind of falls away, um, when you start making better decisions for yourself or just different places for you to be putting yourself in, um, then maybe it's not really going to become a matter of acceptance. And that's going to be hard because it could hurt a little bit to, um, for you where, you're going to kind of feel that loss of like, oh, these are friends that I had and now I'm doing this other thing and I feel like they don't really 
accept me as much anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it is an exchange with God where he asks us to do different things and we have to let go of one thing um, before we can receive the other. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is a scary process. So as much as I hate to say it, I don't feel like it's as good of a resolution on on that question because you may not be accepted. Um, but if they still want to be around you, then just always be loving of them. Don't, um, make them feel judged because you live your life differently from them. Um, because that's like not going to make, that's what's going to make them feel like you're stuck Mm -hmm. up or holier than thou is if you're being judgmental of their actions based on what you're convicted of, because what God's convicting you of in your life, um, may not necessarily be what, like, they may not be a believer, so God may not be convicting them of the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. So then if you're putting your convictions that God's calling you to on them, that's judgment. Um, and that's really what's going to, like, separate that relationship and make it really tough. So... Good answer, Maddie. Wanna... These are these are hard ones. These girls did really good. I feel like I'm sweating a little bit. <laughs> no, when I was going through some of the DMs, I was like, okay, these girls took this to another level. Like, I was expecting, like, basic questions. These are real. These are good. I'm glad. They're fantastic. I love that there is, like, a generation of girls asking these kinds yeah. of questions, you know? Definitely. Okay. Question number... Six. Six. Um, Holly, what's dangerous or wrong with being physical before marriage? Oh, oh, oh man. The sexy question. <laughs> also just so important. Oh, it is so, okay. Whoever wrote this question, this is good on you, girl. Yes. Way to have boldness asking this question because this is a very important question. Okay. So I strongly believe that um, sex was created by God for man and woman. The Bible says it. Husband and wife. Husband and wife. Only. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, I think, yes, waiting before marriage, um, to have sex with your husband or wife, um, is a must. Um, I'll just kind of be personal with my walk. So before, just so you can kind of relate to me and, and figure out the why of why I say this. Um, so in high school, I was pure as gold. Um, I didn't s- sleep with anybody in high school. In fact, guess how old I was when I had my first kiss? I was like almost 19. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it was kind of embarrassing. I'm not going to tell you how it happened. But anyways, so I slept with my first boyfriend in college and we had dated for like three, four years. Now, growing up in my household, my parents didn't really talk about it. It was, like, kind of shoved under the rugs. I didn't didn't have the sex talk. All I knew was sex was bad. Like, no one ever sat down with me. I I wasn't really, like, I went to church, but they didn't really discuss, like, the healthy boundaries of dating. So, like, I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. All I knew was it was bad, and, oh, my God, if I did it, I'm going to hell. So, I dated this guy for, like, three years. We ended up having sex. And, um... I knew immediately when it happened that it was wrong Mm -hmm. um, because I felt like God convicted me even though I wasn't like on the level I am today with God, God, if that makes sense. But like I knew it was wrong. But walking into that relationship and then going through a hard breakup and then going into a bunch of other unhealthy relationships doing the same thing, what you tend to do is you create soul ties. Um, And these these are things that... I truly believe this is why God created sex for husband and wife because when two become one, 
and a soul tie is made and it's it's a beautiful thing between a husband and a wife and um i know in today's society like people think if you're a virgin like you're crazy um if you wait till marriage like that's just not realistic yes it's hard but that's when also you set boundaries in your relationship mm-hmm. so um i know for me when i became like a christian and dating healthy people healthy guys um, yeah, it's hard. Girls want to be loved and, you know, you, it's, it's human. We're human nature. But at the same time, you have to set yourself up for protection, not only just physically, but also like emotionally and spiritually. When you um, have intercourse with that person, you create a soul tie. Mm-hmm. And if y'all break up, that soul tie, like you have to like pray and like get counseled and like break those things Um, So that way you don't bring that into the next relationship. Or even I know when I got married like years ago, like I had slept with all these guys. And when I got married, like I didn't know anything about soul ties. So I like brought that into my marriage, not even knowing anything about it. Mm -hmm. And like within a year or two of being married, like these guys would just pop back up into my life or like I would have a random dream or like just random stuff, you know, just junk stuff comes back at you if you don't like break that stuff off. And knowing from my experience, like, yeah, I broke those off and those are good now, but like what you create in unhealthy relationships now does carry on to your healthy marriage that you mm-hmm. will have one day. Absolutely. So I strongly believe in waiting, um, before waiting till marriage to be physical or um, have sex with someone. Now, I know a lot of question is some people will be like, well, do we do everything but, or do we just only hold hands and kiss? Like, I'm not telling you what to do in your relationship, but I am telling you to use wisdom because Mm -hmm. God does convict. And God, if you are walking with Christ, he will give you um, wisdom, what to do and what to not to do. And I know for me, like, don't set yourself up. Like, if you are in a serious relationship or you're just not dating someone, like, have boundaries. Maybe don't go to their house and hang out in their bedroom late at night. Or, yeah. like, certain things. Don't put yourself in a position where that stuff could come up. Um, but then again, it's, like, totally on you. You're responsible between you and God. So, I think, I definitely believe, yes, wait till marriage. Were you going to say something? Yeah, and because not to say that this is easy at all. No. I mean, this is coming from two girls that failed at this. I mean, there there is grace for the for mistakes sure. that we make. For sure. Um, something that, because here I'll be really vulnerable too. Bring it. Um, <laughs> I am <laughs> approaching 30. I'm not there yet. But I recently, um, so I was not pure from a young age. Mm-hmm. I... Um, was dating and I like fooled around and then I did um end up having sex with um the boyfriend that I um was with at 18 I ended up marrying him actually um and what I've found recently is because I'm no longer in that marriage and what I saw happen in my life was I didn't learn to be obedient in that area of my life at a young age um for whatever reason there's so many factors into this. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have a consistent father. Like I can look back and see all the reasons yeah. why like Same. insecurity, inconsistency. I was just looking for love, affirmation, all these things. But mm-hmm. 
Um, God is faithful. There's that verse that talks about like God is faithful to complete the work that he begins in you. Mm -hmm. So when I recently got out of this marriage that I was in, what I saw in my 27 year old life was a resurgence of these issues that I had at 16, 17, 18, um, where God brought them back up and was like, Hey, you never dealt with, dealt this. with that stuff. You yeah. never learned how to have self-control to be pure. Also to view yourself as my daughter and what your value and worth is. And I felt him say like, I love you. And this is the time to deal with this. Now I could have run from it. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem is that who, who's to say that in another 10 years when I'm 37, I wouldn't have had the same issue come back up again. Mm-hmm. Like this was my opportunity to work those things out between me and God. So, um, obedience to God in this area is so, so hard, but it is so worth it. Um, because there are so many underlying things that, you don't really realize in the moment of like you're with this boy and you really, really like him. You're not thinking about the future and what it's going to bring up in your life, whether like very soon what issue it could cause Mm -hmm. or honestly 10 years down the road, what it could do and how it could affect you or a marriage or a relationship or whatever. Um, But this is one of those areas that God really has a lot of instruction on being obedient and being faithful in this area to him. And it's for good reason. Um, it's for our protection. It's because he loves us. Um, and I just think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, if anybody wants a resource on this, um, there's a book called Sex, Jesus, and the Conversation the Church Forgot. And it's by Mo Isam Aiken. And she talks about um, basically... Jesus and the Bible and sex and the conversation that sometimes the church shies away from because like I grew up in a Christian family too mm-hmm. and I had the same situation where we didn't really we talk, didn't about, talk this. about it. All I knew is that it was bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. And then I had my first like fooling around with the boy and I was like, I don't, this doesn't feel bad. Like it was very confusing for yeah. me, you know? So, um, <laughs> this doesn't feel bad. <laughs> honestly, honestly though, you know, because it's so confusing because yeah. you have someone tell you this is bad. Don't, don't do, do it. it. And, and then you're like, wait, I'm confused. <laughs> so if you are wanting to go further on this topic, I would encourage you to read that book. Um, mm-hmm. I am so excited. I'm going to get it soon. I'm, I'm following Mo Isam Aiken on Instagram. Um, and she really does not shy away from this conversation. So obviously you're not shying away from it too, by asking this question. Mm -hmm. So good for you, girl, fight the good fight. It's worth it. Um, but also like have grace for yourself because this is coming from two, um, women too, that have not like done the best either, but Mm -hmm. we're now learn from it. God loves us and we're working on it, you know, (laughs) we got our issues, but we're great. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, okay. Question for you, Maddie. We won't be able to finish all of them, but we'll do two more. So question number eight is, what is appropriate and modest clothing for a Christian to wear and why? Cover your neck, your face, your everything. (laughs) This is a hard conversation for me. And and it's hard too because like, I know for us, we live in California and it's hot and it's like, Everybody here wears crop tops and... I mean, I don't think we can pull the hot card. Like, there's, like, Arizona and Nevada. Like, you can't say California's hot. It's, like, 75 outside. Yeah. Uh, this fine. week. This week. But it... Oh, this I mean, is... It a, this is, a, this okay. is one of those topics that it's, like, mmm, girl. Okay. How do I want to answer this? 
what is appropriate and modest clothing? I guess start off like, what is your motives behind wearing what you're going to wear? Absolutely. Always examine your heart. Um, and, and the thing is, it's so easy for us to say like, like the same thing with music, like, oh, it doesn't affect me. Like, oh no, I'm wearing this because I think it's cute. And it's like, but you know, when you're wearing it because like, you think it's cute because you're going to get a look from a guy when you're walking like, into Starbucks. Like, is your shirt dripping down like the middle cleavage because your boobs are huge and your shirt just doesn't fit? Or you're literally walking out the door because you're ready for, like, a guy to notice you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's a difference. And the, and the hard part about this is, once again, you... This is a conversation where you cannot put your convictions on somebody else. Yeah, because everybody's different. Everybody is different. And um, you have to trust that if other people have relationships with God, then God is going to work out those things in them. Um, so let's say that you personally feel uncomfortable, um, with how girls dress, uh, shorts that don't have like a two inch inseam, like anything, let's say that you feel like shorts that are shorter than a two inch inseam are totally immodest, then wear things that don't have a two inch inseam. Mm -hmm. Um, but if, but if you, I will say like. If you are wearing shorts and you bend over and it... Your booty cheeks rock fall out? Yeah, and they like heavily falling out. You need to have like awareness and have perception. <laughs> I think a good thing is to ask, like, here's the thing is I hope that all the girls that are asking these questions are in community, right? Yeah, like, for sure. Are in community with um, other people at church. So like with this issue, would you feel weird showing up to youth group? Wearing, wearing it, yes. Would you feel weird with your pastor seeing you wear that? Like, would you, is that appropriate? Like, would you feel comfortable wearing that to church? Church. And because we have casual church here. Like, mm-hmm. people don't dress up. So people do wear jeans and stuff. You know, some people wear shorts, whatever. So would you feel uncomfortable showing up to church in that outfit? Maybe it's not a good thing to wear. Um, but have people, like, it's not a bad thing to ask people around Like, you. hey, does this look okay? Is this appropriate? Yeah. Same thing about, like, you know the whole thing about being physical with people and fooling around is like, would you be embarrassed to tell somebody in your church group about that? Like maybe that's not appropriate then that's conviction, you know? Yeah. So uh, it's a touchy, it's, it's a touchy thing because, because every girl is different and every and bodies are different and that's a beautiful thing. And we should celebrate that, that like no, no two people can necessarily dress the same because things don't fit them the same either. Yeah. You know, so this it has to be your own conviction and, and don't put your own convictions on someone, someone else. else. If you feel like somebody is way out there and inappropriate and it makes you really uncomfortable, then like, I would say like, pray, pray about it and like pray that somebody steps into their life that's closer to them that can speak into that area of their life. Cause it's probably not you like I think sometimes we really overstep our bounds feeling like, I need to call that person out. And it's like, well, wait, do you have a close relationship with them? Yeah. Are you somebody that they go to to speak into their life? Things like that. So, Good answer. Do you feel better? <laughs> it still gives me such anxiety, like the <laughs> like, clothing one. Because yeah. I don't feel like we should judge people on like what they wear, you know? This is going to be our fine. last question, number 11. All right. Holly. Yes. <laughs> Why does God allow trials slash temptations to come into our lives? Okay. I 
believe that God is not going to put you through something he doesn't think you can handle. Um, without trials and um, temptations or storms or seasons, whatever you want to call it, those things grow us and they have a purpose um, before them. So they have a purpose for them. So for me, I, I definitely believe um, that there's seasons for everything. There's some seasons for amazing things and blessings and promotions and all this stuff. Then there's some seasons that are hard, you know, breakups, family loss, um, just emotionally. I know a lot of us girls struggle with anxiety, depression, or just doubt. Like, I do believe um, that there are seasons for everything. And um, this... I mean, this question is for everybody. It's life. We're human. Things are going to happen. Trials are going to come. Temptations are going to come because you are human. You will always be tempted to something because temptation is sin and we have full access to sin in this world. Um, But the cool thing about God is when you go through trials, he's always going to be there with you um, at the beginning, in the middle, and after. So I know for me, like um, since January, this has been, this year for 2019 has been a season of transition and trials and I feel like thing after thing like I know January hit and I got out of like a really unhealthy relationship and then um, I lost a bunch of friends and then I gained some friends and now I'm packing up my apartment and moving and I got promoted like you know thing after thing has happened and it's only May but these are trials that I've been going through, and because I love Jesus and I trust Him, um, He's gonna walk me through it. Yeah, it's gonna be hard, and some days are gonna hurt like hell, but um, because we have access to a God um, who loves us and gives us grace and mercy every single day, I do believe that your trials get easier, and um, everything, I do believe everything that you go through is not voided. So, if you were going through, um, if this is a question for a girl, you know, who lost someone, whether it's a relationship, a family member, um, or just, you know, friends, really, like, God always restores. So what the devil takes away, like, God always restores um, with better. Um, if you are going through a breakup and this is just a sucky season for you, um, God's always going to give you better, and maybe that relationship wasn't healthy for you. Yes, it's hard, and it hurts, and sometimes you just want to lay in your bed and cry, but because you have full access to God, and because He gives grace and mercy every single day, like, it's going to be easier. So I do believe that everything that happens, um, like, God has purpose for you, and everything that happens in your life is for a reason, and it is designed, and de- uh, it is designed for your purpose. So I know for me, like, I walked through a lot of crazy things in my past, and when I was in those storms and those trials, I'm like, why me? This sucks. I'm hurting. Oh, my God. Like, God, why do you allow all these things? But now, 10 years later, I look back, and I'm like, oh, my God, because I trusted God, and because I went through those trials and errors and came out of them, like God used those and now I'm able to take my past and the stuff that I've walked through to help other girls walk through it. So I, I really believe it is it's human nature. Everybody's gonna go through trials, everybody's gonna be tempted. We live in a world full of sin. Um, but the good news is that you have full access to God. You have full access to his blessings, his grace, his mercy. Um, he gives you strength and you just have to believe that and walk in faith every single day that some seasons are going to be hard. Some are going to be really good. Some days are going to be easy and some are just going to hurt. Mm-hmm. But just remember at the end of the day, whether it's a short season, long, uh, um, long season, 
um, a breakup, whatever it is that you're hurting and going through, like God has purpose behind it and he's going to use it. So whatever the devil meant for, for harm, God always uses it and restores it. Um, but just know that God's, God's not going to give you anything. He doesn't think you can handle. Um, and if you just trust him, just know that you have full access to whatever he has for you and you're going to make it. Do you have anything? Yeah, I think um, also to add to the whole God's not going to give you anything that you can't handle piece. Is yeah. That, um, I think it's important to add that um, in a in and of your own strength and yeah. will, it may not, you may not be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the trials and things that we go through um, are designed for us to rely heavily on the Lord like with, and even people around us right and and with God by our side nothing is impossible like mm-hmm. you like as painful as it is and as alone as you feel and all that kind of stuff um like you can get through that with God by your side mm-hmm. um and it is going to be infinitely harder for you to get through a trial if you um, are running from him, if you're not relying on him to help you walk you through that season, um, mm-hmm. because there are things that are really like, you're like, I literally cannot handle this. And it's like, that does like, that's almost designed to put you in a position of God, I need you so bad right now. Mm-hmm. Every single day, every time I wake up, I feel like I have a gaping hole in my chest and I can't get through this day and I need you. And that's, um, the beautiful thing about trials is that we, those are the times when you look back and you're like, wow, like God really came through for me and I got really close to him in that season. Um, so I think that's the important thing to remember is that sometimes like you'll get things that you probably cannot handle Mm -hmm. (laughs) on your own. Um, and that's good because you need community and Mm -hmm. you need God. And that's what those things are there for. And what they're designed for is to help you through those seasons so that's good well girls that is our questions for today thank you so much for dming us um some awesome questions those were really good really and good. i liked how they were like very some were like te- for teenagers some were for adults like they were very diverse like just hit home for different areas yeah it sounds like you know um, girls are like having good conversations it encourages me to hear that um that there are people out there that like want to know the answers to these kind of questions and are asking them because that's the first thing is if you're not asking the questions of what should I be doing differently? How could I do better? Things like that. Then you're kind of like a lost cause. You know, the fact Mm -hmm. that you are asking these questions shows a willing heart and a heart of being convicted and really wanting to be obedient and walk faithfully with the Lord. And that's a really beautiful thing. So I love it. Well, thank you so much girls for listening and tuning into her. I'm so excited we got to have you again, Maddie. So much fun. I know. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for next week's podcast. Bye. Bye.